Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly, Wednesday night shear. She dedicated to Nachman Yaakov and Sihish, and to Bachevachan Abbas Yibodlo El Avram. And for tonight, as in the week of her Shiva, Rifkadina, we made the Mishbeer Rifkadina by Shifra. We're waiting to get again the father's name. For some reason evades me, eludes me. Hanukkah. The days of Hanukkah. Beautiful, beautiful nights. Hanukkah ultimately always comes out with Pashmi Kates. Pashmi Kates has many different hints to Hanukkah in it, as we've mentioned many times. The Himikates Shasayim, Shasayim, Shasayim is smell Ner. You mean mezuzah? Shonim is smell there. You mean mezuzah, etc., etc. Oh, Reb Meir Simcha. Rivka Dina Bas Meir Reb Meir Simcha. Allah Shalom. Who was lifted this past weekend? Um, a very, very, very special woman. Married to Reb Hillel. A very, very colorful man. Very well loved. Endeared especially to our family. My children have the schus to go to her to read Megillah. And of course, children, Zangizunt, the daughter in Edgeware, England, Zesta Friedman, and Shaga Fivish, Meshav Lawrence, and to his brother in Malaysia. And I'm sure she's looking down now at them and davening for them, seeing to it that they have everything that they need. Long, happy years. Riva herself was a very, very special woman. Nothing was too hard for her, nothing was made light of. Whatever it was, she always devoted, she always gave, she always took. She always put us life and soul into it. She worked in a store, in a retail store, and the uh, people just... I think she was one of the main attractions that brought people into the store, customers into the store, more than the product that the store sold. 
always a very, very pleasant demeanor, beautiful, beautiful smile. And I'm sure right now she's smiling down at us as well. And she be bala mavas tanetsa, vachashem kadzimim al kaponim, tanetsa. And she should be a good better for us, our children, our children, and for Kali Yisrael. Custom is in Sephardic custom. Brachot. You talk about Neshama, you make a bracha. And the Omen of the bracha elevates the Neshama. As does the Omen on the Kadeshim. Pashmi Kate, a very, very, very full Pasha. Opening with the dreams again, but the different dreams from a total, total different atmosphere, stratosphere. The dreams of a guy who dreamt only physical things, whether it be his stalks of wheat or his cows. Pale in comparison to the dreams of a tzaddik like Yasef, who dreamt first about the bundles of wheat, stalks, and then, even higher, the stars in the sky, the moon, etc. Adirabha Pare went Sheva Pores from the Chai to the Tzemeach, to the Shibolim from the oxen to the stalks of wheat. Again, going downhill. So, of course, no comparison to the tzaddik's dreams, which last Shabbos, last week we learned, to the dreams of this Russia. Many different Things take place. I know. Take place during this week's Parakriya. The brothers coming to Mitzrayim. The reason for their coming down to Mitzrayim. The way Yisav Atzadik treats them with his magic cup. That very same magic cup that ultimately, quote unquote, man- manages to dance into Binyamin's bag, causing another set of havoc in the amongst the brothers, which we'll deal with next week, that's Hashem, but let us focus first on Hanukkah, we are after all, 
celebrating Hanukkah. Those keeping score at home, Gemara, Masech the Shabbos, Chavbeiz and Beiz, twenty-two side two. Try the Gemara, my Hanukkah. My Hanukkah. Today it's probably an app called My Hanukkah. So this is My Hanukkah. A question which Svarim have been written on. Books, volumes have been written just on this question My Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? Today I discovered, today or was yesterday maybe, a new miracle of Hanukkah. Total new dimension. We all know that they found Pach oil, Pach Shemin. No. Is that a miracle? Semi-miracle. The real miracle was all the Rabbanim agreed that it was kosher. There was no Rav that came out and said he had a problem with it. All the Rabbanim were in unison and they agreed that it's a kosher Pach Shemin. That was the main miracle of Hanukkah. Unfortunately, today's day and age, it would be also a tremendous miracle if all the Rabbanim agreed on one halacha. <laughs> yeah, it would be to the uh, stones on the Yaakov's head. They all came together as one. My Hanukkah. Mother brings down a story of the Pach Shemin, that little jug of oil. As the entire temple was desecrated, And everything was made impure. And the temple was now recaptured. And they wanted to start doing again some sort of Aveda service in the temple as fast as possible. And the first of the services, which was easiest to do, would be the lighting of the Meneda, which was done every day. But the Greeks... The Romans, whoever they were, the Ivanim, the Greeks, saw to it to make impure all the oil. One flask of oil remained. One flask that was enough for one night. And they poured this into the Meneda, and the miracle is that it burned for eight. Many, many, many different questions come up. I want to first divert for a moment to a lesson that we derive from this one jug of oil this one Kriegel Shemin 
I said in a joke before, the miracle of Hanukkah is that all the Rabbanim agreed that this oil was kosher. Who made the decision to use this oil? Whose decision was it that this one bottle of oil, the last remaining bottle of oil, which was with the seal of the Kayan God, the high priest, and the reason that this goes into is because the high priest was a very, very um, stringent person, uh, stringent in the way he did his mitzvahs, the way he practiced, and therefore saw to it that the oil was indeed processed under his supervision. And it doesn't say anywhere in the halachas, in the laws, that the Kohen Gadol needs to put his seal on, the, on this oil. So the fact that this one bottle of oil was found was a precious commodity. Whose bright idea was it to use it? Can you imagine we find a flask of water that is the last flask of water from the Arizal. Would we then use this flask of water? We'd save it. We'd relish it. We'd hold on to it for as long as we can. This was a tremendous commodity, this oil. What was the brilliance here of using the oil? Break it open and use it? In the midst of all this impurity? Such oil deserves the height of purity. Such oil deserves to be lit in the proper place. Not when you bring the manera outside. Menorah should be sitting in its place in the holy section of Kedish, right outside the Holy of Holies. And then you use such oil, such special, special oil. What was the Chachmah? What was the logic of using this Kriegel, this oil? If you want to say, that they didn't use the oil. There is one opinion that says they only poured a little bit into each cup of the menorah, so that maybe, maybe they could stretch this oil. First of all, and then ultimately, according to that opinion, the oil refilled itself, or stayed full, and that was the miracle. And the drop of oil they put into the cup should have lasted only till after nightfall, and it lasted the, the regular time that it lit, lit, and therefore the miracle there as well, and therefore the eight days.
Let us say that we're going to go according to that opinion. It still doesn't sit right. I talk and they opened it. If they opened that jug, it was no longer under the supervision of the Kegel, even if it refilled itself. By a spiritual way, it refilled itself miraculously. The oil of a miracle is not used for a mitzvah. So by fulfilling, by refilling itself miraculously, they accomplish nothing. By opening this jug, they accomplish nothing. They exposed the oil that the King God had used. So in essence, my friends, what is this all about? The muscle. A man was searching for the truth. He said he wanted to do some soul searching. What is the concept of truth? And so the man started to inquire. And he went from one sage to another, from one philosopher to another. And finally, the answers, the responses started to point to some Himalayan mountain. There there's a sabio, there's some kind of major, major sage. And there he will find truth. Well, there was no direct flight. There was a flight to the country. There was a trek through cities, towns, till he got to a point where neither horse nor buggy could pass, and it was to be done on foot. The narrow, narrow paths in the forests, the dark nights in the forest, days of hunger and thirst. Until, after really, really strenuous, tedious travel, he arrives to the opening of a cave where was sitting the Sabio. And the Sabio is sitting with his legs crossed, and it looked like he was to- looking somewhere totally, totally beyond comprehension. And he asks the man, the man, what do you seek, my friend? The man said, I seek truth. Truth you seek, my friend. I want you to know I want you to know truth each person there's one big lamp 
Each person is a cup in the lamp. Each person has a certain amount of oil in his cup. When the, with a flaming wick, when the oil is gone, the person leaves this world. This man was open mouth. He was he was flabbergasted. The wisdom that this person just imparted to him. Finally, Sage told him All those cups, several billion of them are in this cave. He pointed with his bony finger behind him. Your cup is in row six billion, etc. He told him, described him exactly where his cup was. Well, the fellow didn't hesitate. He ran into the cave and began searching. And as he searched, he found exactly where the man described it. He found his lamp. He found his lamp, but there was a little bit of an issue. His lamp had nary any oil left. It was to extinguish any moment. What would he be able to do? What will become of him? If what is true, what the man says, that when the oil of the lamp finishes and the flame extinguishes, so too does the person. He has maybe minutes to live. He was sweating profusely. He was petrified. But then he saw the lamp directly next to his lamp. It was full to the brim. Implying, of course, that that person must have decades to live. He decided... I don't have enough oil. I'll be able to get off this mountain. He has so much. Who'll know? Who'll notice? And he reached for the very, very full jug. As he reached for the very full jug, he felt a hand grab him. We turned around, there was the sage. You tell me you're seeking truth? This is how you're seeking truth? You're looking to take somebody else's years and give it to yourself? That's called truth?
the lesson is a powerful one. The blind faith of the Jews took the Pach Shemin, opened the seal, used it for that night. They told God Almighty, God, we are doing all that we can. We really cannot make any more oil in less than eight days. Doesn't work. It's a very big process getting the olives, making sure the olives are pure, and then squeezing them out, only the first few drops. It takes at least eight days to produce enough oil for the next lighting. We're doing what we can now, and that is using the oil that we have at our disposal. And the miracle of Hanukkah teaches us. The Almighty's answer to that. Yes, my child. I appreciate your reaching out. I appreciate your try. And I will follow up with giving you the ultimate success in what you endeavored. This is our lesson here. Truth. We are seeking truth. And the truth be told is that the Almighty is with us every drichat regel, every footstep that we make, every footstep that we take. And we need to see to it only. Reach out. Open for only the head of a needle. And I will open to you the heavens, says the Almighty. This is a very, very powerful lesson that we draw from the mitz- from the miracle of Hanukkah. My Hanukkah. They found the pach oil. The jug of oil. The question is known. Here the main miracle of Hanukkah was the victory. The victory of the battle. We say in Valanisim, the strong fell into the hands of the, of the weak. The, the, the many fell into the hands of the few. But the Gimbara doesn't even mention this. What does the Gemara mention? Oil. The Pach Shemen. You're making the lesser part the main part. Your main dish is served. You're given a sumptuous piece of steak with gravy, with sauce, with whatever. And on the side, there's a scoop of mashed potatoes. And you get this plate in front of you, 
and it's mouth-watering piece of flesh sitting there waiting for you, waiting for you to take your knife and fork and dig in, and you look at the plate and you say, ah, mashed potatoes. Look how they serve the mashed potatoes here with this piece of meat next to it. Rabbi Sai, if you have that attitude, don't go to restaurants. You're wasting your money. <laughs> if what excites you is the mashed potatoes instead of the steak, oi. We're making here from the tuffle, the oil, the miracle of the oil. You're making that the main point. However, perhaps we could say that the question, my Hanukkah, is not why do we celebrate Hanukkah? Why is it a Yom Tif? We know it's a holiday, because we won the battle. Rather, your mother is asking, why is Hanukkah eight days? We're celebrating the victory. Victory happened one day. They are victorious. Shalom. Sit down. We were persecuted. We won. Let's eat. That's the Jewish attitude. Why all of a sudden eight days for celebrating this victory? Therefore, the miracle of the Pach Shemin is brought down. That it burnt for eight days. And that's the eight days concept. Let us look in the Imara. My Chanukah. Dr. Rashi. How does Rashi explain? My Chanukah. On what miracle did they establish Hanukkah? Based on what miracle? So Rashi says that the question is on what basis was Hanukkah established? Not why eight days. So how does the oil come into picture here? And according to one opinion... They use the first night of full, the full pach. If they use the full pach shemen, and it burnt the whole night, <laughs> so, of course it burnt the whole night. It's both. It was enough for a whole night. So what kind of miracle is that? Elamai, the first day's miracle, according to one opinion, is the Netzach and Amachama, the victory of the war. Ah, my Hanukkah in that case. What's the answer to my Hanukkah? <coughs> the victory of the battle. It's a whole different story now. Hello. Another thing. The Imara finishes off. Imara says. In the future years, they established and they made Yom Tevim with Halal and Hedor. 
So Rashi explains the Gemara. What's Hedo? To say Alanism in Hedo. What's Alanism talk about? The miracle of the battle of the war. No, it doesn't mention anything about the oil. So where does this fit in the, in the Gemara? That we said, hey, duh, because of the oil. There are many Svarim that talk about this. The main decree that was put down on Hanukkah was not on the physical Jew. They did not care that the Jews walked around with yarmulkes, tzitzes, payas, beards. What they were concerned is after all said and done, they did not want it to be from Jews. Ultimately, wearing payas, yarmulkes, tzitzes, was the implication that the person was a from Jew. So therefore, it went hand in hand that they wanted that removed. But that was not, the, the appearance did not bother them. The, the spirituality of the Jews what bothered them. To forget their Tera, to take away the Chukim of the Ratzin. So when you tell me that the battle was won, they won the war, Vas Meitas, Vas Badaitas, it means they were able to do mitzvahs. They were able to learn Teda again. That's how they won the war. Chmano Litzlan told us before once. Um, there was a family of ten siblings before the war, World War Two. I think nine out of ten survived. They met after the war, whole nice. One of them made the grandchild's wedding years later. Had a picture of Kanahara, his family, his children, his grandchildren, the great grandchildren as well. He took this wedding picture and he posts underneath it My revenge against Hitler. Here, what was saved here? The fact that we were able to study Torah and do mitzvahs. So the concept of Hatzalus Haguf is not even relevant to us. The saving of the physical body. Rather the miracle of oil. The being able to be Mekai in the mitzvah in the Beis HaMikdash. And in what way? With connection to candles. <coughs> we know that candles are referred to 
Ner mitzvah v'teira er says Mishli. The spiritual salvation. No. Salsa is missing something here. Salsa doesn't fit totally the frame. The physical victory was a miracle in its own right. They fought against all odds. Another thing. The spiritual victory only came after a physical salvation. So although you want to tell me that this is the Iker, the spiritual salvation is the main point, still in all, you should mention at least something of the Tuffle. The victory, the miracle, miraculous victory of the war. Why is it not mentioned at all by the Gemara? The Gemara actually does say, When the Malchus of Beis Chashmenoi, the Chashmenoiim beat and one. But that's only to tell us the error that this took place. The actual fact as to way how the battle was won, the miraculous way that the battle was won, is not mentioned in the Gemara. It's omitted in the Gemara. So let us first delve into a little bit of Chassidus here. In Sifra Chassidus explained the root, the foundation of the battle against the Yavanim, which we said before was a spiritual battle. This was a battle against the essence of the Jews, their spiritual, their God and spirituality. has nothing to do with Seichel. Which means to tell us that the Yavanim had their philosophies. And they were very, very into mind games. And their main focus was on brain. Therefore, the Yavanim was so against Kiyom Tehra Mitzvahs because Tehra Seyna is so superior to their Chachmas. And we don't really involve ourselves not in the Chachmas, the Seichel of Tehra, but the spirituality, the Kedusha of Tehra, the holiness of Tehra, as Tehra being Tehra Hashem. So much so that even something the person doesn't even understand why they're doing it, 
They do it because it's a mitzvah. It connects them with God. According to this foundation, we explain that the main victory of the battle against the Greeks was the miracle of the candles. Of the Meneda of the Beis Hamidosh. Meneda is Beis Hamidosh that Azal tell us were testimonial to the entire world that the Shechina rests on the Jews. Especially with the Neir Amarovi, the Western Canada. Even though it had oil like everybody else, it continued the entire 24 hours. And the reason for this is that this miracle, especially, of the Meneda being Edus, that the testimonial, that the Shekhinah rests amongst the Jews, and this being one of the ten miracles that took place constantly in the Holy Temple, this is, gives the entire world the knowledge and understanding of what the spiritual miracle that took place and that we celebrate and that we live for. This therefore answers basically on a basic form and is obviously going to leave many questions still. What? Why? the actual battle is still not mentioned, and how this actually still fits in. concept of the oil though is something that represents as we said before Ner Mitzvah and therefore Dafke through the oil were we able to be saved are we able to be saved and are we able to continue our very daily life. But there's another point to it. Chazal tell us, if you keep the score at home, it's the Shabbos, Chav Gimel again, the same sugya, 23 side 2. Someone who is very, very involved with candle will have children. Rashi explains, it says, Through Ner Mitzvah of Shabbos and Hanukkah comes the Ur of Tera. And of course, we know the question what's the reason? What's the explanation to this? 
the Haregu Bener Chanukah that the person merits the Banim Tamid Chachamim. And this can be explained simply. The establishment of the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah is commemoration of the miracle of the Pachashemen that happened with the candles of the Menera. So in this world, ultimately, Ner Chanukah has a generalization more to it than anything else. Especially the Yemei of Yom Mehim of those days. In the days of Bnei Chashmenoi, the many things that took place and the miracles, the general miracles, the, the victory of the battles, and of course the miracle of the jug of oil. But still in all, what was, candle, what was established for Hanukkah? Hadlokus Nadis. We don't have, and we eat milk, it's this, it's commemorations, but the main focus is the candles that we light in the Menera. We don't sit, we don't drink, we're not merry. And this is explained, and this is because the Melchama, the battle itself that had took place, main thing was against the spirituality. To bitlu datum To destroy their religion and not allow them to be involved in Tehra Mitzvahs. To forget their Tehra, your Tehra, and to wipe them, to drive them away from the Mitzvahs, your Mitzvahs God. And therefore, in commemoration to this, how do we establish a commemoration? Dafke through candles. Because this also goes on as a commemoration of the battle, the spiritual battle, that was the victory of Ner and Er, and Ner Mitzvah Ter Er. According to this, now we understand why the Mitzvah, the reward of the Mitzvah, of the candle, is Bonim Tamidah Chachamim. Well, we said before that we find the Mahus and the main Indian of Ner Chanukah is that person should have a total memory and enveloped himself within this concept of the candle and the light, which is the generalization of Teda in the spiritual victory of the Jews over their enemies. Since this took place, it's understood that the reward is according to the mitzvah. Midah, keneged midah. And therefore, a person who is careful and involves and does properly the candle, the merit is the also a connection to Torah and mitzvahs, which is Banim Tamid Chachamim, the children that should sit and be sages and should sit and involve themselves in Torah. And through this, they will receive the mitzvahs Godel Talmud Shemevi Lidei Maise that the Talmud learning gets even greater than when it's done through Maise. A very commonplace question. 
the world, after the seven years of plenty, there was a famine in Egypt. This famine affected everywhere surrounding Egypt, etc. And therefore everyone needed to come to Egypt to get, to be able to be sustained. Yaakov saw there was grain being sold in Egypt. He said to his sons, why should you purport? Why are you so happy, just content with what you have? Why aren't you going down to get also? According to Rashi, the Bnei Yisrael, Bnei Yaakov, had food. They had enough food. They didn't need to go buy. However, Yaakov says to his sons, why should you show yourselves before the sons of Yishmael and Esav as though you are sated? question is what was shall we say Yaakov's pet peeve here with Yishmael and Esav they didn't live anywhere near them why wasn't he concerned with the neighbors who lived directly across the street where everybody's running to find food and everybody's running to Egypt and Yaakov and the family is sitting at home eating, drinking pina, pina coladas. Probably not. Consider that a Hanukkah joke. The truth is though, Yaakov wasn't concerned just with simple envy. Because the fact is, you know, to really be envious about, they didn't have, a, a, you know, a long-term supply. They still had some, but not a long-term supply. As we learn later, that it it, did, it got became depleted, and they had to send them down again for food. He was concerned, criticism, accusations that would come from Yishmael and Esav children of Yishmael and Esav. Although they had limited supply of food, Yaakov's children were content. As though they had everything they needed. Because they were confident that God would provide. And God would give them whatever they needed. And they had no intention of relocating to Egypt for it. Or even travel to Egypt to buy food. Aye, but Yaakov was worried Yishmol and Esav would have a problem with that. When there was famine in the land of Canaan, Avram had to relocate, Yitzchak had to relocate, Shmol's father and Esav's father had to relocate. What was the concern, says Yaakov? That they would say, huh, Yaakov's sons think they're more worthy than Avram and Yitzchak? 
and God's going to provide to them without having to relocate? But the truth of the matter is that Abraham Yitzchak did not relocate only for food, only because of the famine. There were other factors also that motivated them to relocate. Rashi talks about it. But Yaakov knew that the children of Yishmael and Esau did not know the other factors. So he instructed his sons, Hetzachvis, go to Mitzrayim, let it look like a Beteva. I don't want your makeshift cousins to put up their silly questions here. If not for this concern, Yaakov would have no problem staying in Canaan and being confident that Hashem would supply. Yaakov was prepared to live on the miracle. Avram Yitzhak also would have lived on the miracle. But Hashem sent them each one on their own missions. And therefore, it took them to travel. Not Pshato, that they traveled because they had the, fam- the famine. You know, Yasef mentions his magic cup, his goblet. One of the things he sees about the brothers, you guys wiped out Shechem. Two of you guys wiped out Shechem, man. I can't trust you. You guys are hot-headed. question is something else entirely. When Shimon Levi wiped out Shechem, what, was the, what did they do before that? They made everybody have a bismillah. Yasef in turn, the people come to him for food, says you have to have a bris. He made everybody in Egypt have a bris, and they all went right to him and said, to Pari, and he said, no, 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 no. And he thinks, don't do anything without this guy. You can't pick your foot up, your hand up, without his instruction. He said, have a bris, have a bris. Okay. What was Yosef thinking? What did Yosef need this? To make them all have bris. But Yosef knew what the Abish had told Avram Avinu. Himal Yimel Yilid Beisecho Umiknas Kaspecho. Make sure that you circumcise every child of yours and everyone that you own. Now Yasef was Shalit al As the Shalit, the ruler over the land, he owned everybody. I own you. And that's why I could tell you to have a bris, because I own you. Oh, if I own him. I know the Abish's commandment was to Avram, anything you own has to have a bris. And therefore Yasef took initiative here and told everybody, now that you're under my control, now that you're at my mercy, I can only deal with you if you have a bris. As the Teda commands, the Abish commands to Avram Avinu. In the schus of bris mila, and we were Zeichel Baruch Hashem this past week, Yonatan's bris, she got the tail of the chuba ma'isim tevim, and Elio zochol atev was at the bris, and he should be mevasa tev, 
He should give us the Besura Teva, and we should be Zecher that our Yonatan, Shavarichas Yom Veshanim, and in Hiskus, we should all be taken out of Golas this very Shabbos, and the Shabbos Hanukkah, be Zecher in Yerushalayim, the base Hamigdash, to see the Mineda, Shabbat Shalom, and a happy Hanukkah to all.